three sets of socks patter across the floor. They gently scrape across the ground because this floor hasn't been cleaned in who knows how long. Little splinters pick up from the hardwood floor and get stuck in the socks. As a young lady picks up a vase in front of her, directly in front of the group of three, in the kitchen floats the apron that they've seen each day for the past week. With a heave, she launches the vase across the room, but it clatters into something before it ever gets to the apron. Little pieces of vase fall to the ground, and the group gasps? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to find out, I guess. This is Softy. And this is Sam. Uh, We're going to be your humble narrators tonight (laughs) in this very first episode of Story Jazz. listening to Story Jazz, an improvised narrative podcast, which means everything you hear tonight is completely made up on the spot. Like, this is totally improvised. We have no idea what we're doing or, frankly, whether this will work. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this one. Uh, we have done, like, absolutely zilch in terms of prep. This is one of our stories where we're, we're coming up with a story really on the cusp of when you're hearing it, I, it's just coming out of our minds. The only thing that's been prepped ahead of time is the fact that uh, this is a ghost hunter story. There are going to be uh, spooky boys and perhaps spooky girls um, and perhaps spooky non-binary characters. But the the sort of the only premise that we're working on is that there are ghosts that are being hunted. So we're going to sort of figure out what that means uh, in a second here. Well, you've already given us a beautiful little cold open there. Um I I gotta ask, was that three pairs of disembodied socks opposite a disembodied apron? No, you know, I think there are three characters in socks so that they don't clomp around in this house. Um and I think there's a there's a disembodied apron in the kitchen. Um, but clearly there's something else in the house because the vase explodes, it clatters to the ground before it ever gets to the apron. So we're we're gonna have to figure out what that means. I love your cold open, Softy. And I want to try to make that some sort of climax in the middle of the episode. So maybe that's Love something it. that we that we're gonna to try to uh, narrate to. towards. Yeah. Um, three characters sounds great. Uh, you you said you had the the sort of burgeonings of one. G- give me throw it at me. What what you got? Uh, I've got a name, and that name is Harriet. Harriet. Okay. So Harriet's leading the charge. I think she's in front. I think Harriet is. I, I think Harriet's grandfather was a ghost hunter before her. Famous Ooh, okay. ghost hunter. And she's lived Famous in his shadow. She comes from a line of paranormal investigators. Famous or infamous? Maybe both. Okay. But she's never wanted to be a, a paranormal investigator. Her family has always pressured her into this job. Um, but all she ever wanted to do was, I don't know, what's all she actually wanted to do with her life? Um, I... I think she's got a passion for like Shakespearean literature and really wants mm. to teach that in a sort of graduate setting. Mm-hmm. Um, she knows it's kind of, you know, stereotypical, but she can't just, she can't shake away the sort of, uh, you know, iambic pentameter. And the, the iambic pentameter. She's always speaking in iambic pentameter. No. No, no come on. That she... would be great. That's great for my improv. <laughs> All right. You're, you're going to handle her for sure. Um, <laughs> no, I think, I think she just, 
she sort of found a love for literature and Shakespeare in like middle school, high school or something. Right. And has kind of loved it ever since. And okay. You know, I like that. Her so, single, her single dad who, who was a you know famous ghost hunter, but is now retired with an injury. I think, mm. I think he can't do it cause he's, he's got an injury. So he wants, he wants her to carry on the, the torch. I want it to be a spectral inju- injury, like a paranormal a injury. Li- <laughs> like he has an actual phantom limb. Yes, that's perfect. So his, <laughs> like his left arm is phantasmal <laughs> below the elbow. This okay. is beautiful. Um, so, so he, he lost, do, 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 okay. I think he lost an arm in something unrelated to, to his ghost hunting, mm-hmm. but in ghost hunting, he now has a phantom limb injury, right? I think that that's, that's what I want to put it. How, actually, how do you mean? I actually, I want him to have a literal phantom limb. Yes. Yes. He's got a literal phantom limb, but I don't think he lost his arm in a fight with a ghost. I think he lost his arm. Like he had like diabetes or something, right? <laughs> it, it's like it, 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 there's not a dramatic reason as to why he doesn't have a limb. Right. Right. But right. the phantom limb injury, the fact that it pains him and it hurts and it, it incapacitates him at times. And the fact that he's constantly in contact with paranormal energies, with yeah. spectral energies, has made him grow an actual phantasmal limb. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, great. The, the other thing that um, that I think we've, we've now established is that this is a world where ghosts exist. It's totally possible to have a ghost hunter story where the ghosts aren't real. Yes, but this is this is a world where ghosts are real. Yes, yeah. That that's. I think we we already we like pre agreed on that subconsciously. That's much well, more fun. Yeah, I think it is fun. But we're not going to have the Scooby Doo moment with the taking the monster's prepared, mask off. I was prepared for you for you to be like, all right, ghosts aren't real, and there's some yeah. you know you know uh, a fish wire holding up this apron, oh, and we're going to figure out. You know, it would be, would be cool to like do sort of a science fiction ghost thing where uh-huh. they find out that they're like projection, like holographic projections of an artificial intelligence trying to break out of a, that's a different story though. Let's that's try also, and keep it I'm simple sure for I've now. I've seen a film like that before. I think it was an episode of Doctor Who. Ooh, how anyway, cool. Anyway, um, so Harriet, her true passion is Shakespearean theater, but her family of para- famous paranormal investigators um, have always pressured her into being a paranormal investigator. Something is going to come and call her to action. We don't know yet what it is, but let's try to figure out the other characters first, I think. Okay, so there are two other characters. I'm going to throw this out there. You can you can, you can can nix it right away. They're twins. Okay. Uh, Spencer and Graham. Uh, they're fraternal twins, and... They're constantly made fun of because uh, people think that like Spencer, you know, got all the nutrients and Graham didn't. Graham is kind of mm-hmm. uh, small and and shorter and maybe a little tubby, and uh, Spencer is this, you know, s- you know, two meter built football player looking. They get along really, really well. Like they're like mm-hmm. best friends. Uh, they've gone everywhere together. They like applied to college together and that's that's what i got so far i I think like there's an interesting dynamic there okay cool uh i think they might be at first the victims of whatever spectral haunting occurs um and then later become part of the investigation team sort of the the um not magically talented yeah they recruit harriet yeah 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 okay i got an idea i got an idea okay they are not at all interested in Shakespearean literature, but they had <laughs> to take this class to fill a prerequisite. 
and she's a student teacher in the class. Okay, that's great. That's great. So it's a college setting. I like that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to sort of take notes on the side. I hope the uh, keyboard uh, sounds aren't too too loud on the recording later on. Like I said, folks, this is all in its very early stages. <laughs> later, I'll have an assistant who will uh, shorthand everything that I say. Okay, so uh, you said Spencer is sort of a more athletic type? Yeah, Spencer is big, handsome, broad, like... He, he's got the juice. So I'm thinking Spencer got into college on an athletic um, scholarship. Graham is sort of maybe more a technological nerd, sort of the hacker of the group. Actually, actually, I kind of think that you know, maybe Spencer got in on an athletic scholarship, but they applied together. And one of those twin things where you can apply and say, hey, we either both want to come or neither of us will come. And so the school accepted both students. Mm-hmm. And I think Graham, Graham hasn't really found his passion yet. Like, it's not a it's not a like I'm the brains, you're the brawn kind of thing. It's like Spencer's good at everything and Graham hasn't really found his place yet. That's great. No, that's great to have that gap to fill. Maybe he can find something during the story. Okay. So what's the name of this college? Uh this is uh, yeah, give me a good ghost pun, buddy. Um this is what what terms what ghost terms? Spectral, ectoplasm. N- oh, I know, I know exactly what it is. Okay, so I think they it's a it's an athletic college. They recruited Spencer for their polo team. Okay. This is a New England sort of uh, private university. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Beautiful. Uh, old private university. And this is Ackroyd's School for the Academically Gifted. <laughs> Wonderful. Ackroyd. Ackroyd's School for the Academically Gifted. So it's ASAG. ASAG. Yeah, ASAG. Ackroyd. Is, is that A-Y-K? Ackroyd's school for the academically gifted because our, our father, the founder of this school, the great Ack himself would have the humor to spell academically with an A-Y-K. Yeah, with an A-Y-K. Love it. So the, the sort of history of the school is this is an old New England school, right? This used to be a private school for, you know, white congressman's sons and it's like yeah. kind of a become a sort of a hidden like liberal arts college in the mountains now um uh-huh. and like the mountains of connecticut or something right uh and that's why that's why harriet went out there to study and to teach uh the sort of shakespearean literature and uh i think that spencer and graham were really having trouble to tr- having trouble going to a school together and Graham was really internalizing, like he was holding his brother back. But Spencer was like, no, I, I want to be with you. I want to, I want to, I want to be at the same college as you. And so the best place that he got a scholarship that would take Graham as well was this school. And so he's decided he's just going to play polo, even though polo is not really his sport. Fantastic. So I want to start with a scene that is sort of a cold, a, another cold open. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So let's start with some sort of encounter some sort of spectral encounter. I'm, I'm, I'm imagining the university gym. Okay. A hazing ritual? Sure, a hazing ritual. Why not? I've never been to an American college IRL. <laughs> I only know it from like American Pie and similar movies. Boom. Just go with it. Run with it. I'll play Spencer. Oh, hey, Spencer is there? Yeah, Spencer's getting hazed. This is his, you know, freshman year, right? He's getting hazed by the polo, polo frat. Po- polo team. Frat boys, the polo yeah. jocks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we're in the gym 
like past 10 p.m. Yeah. They broke in, right? Yeah. And now they're like pushing him ahead of, they're pushing Spencer ahead of the group and like sort of giggling and walking through. I think there's, there's got to be like a couple other uh, semi-irrelevant new polo players, but Spencer is like the star rookie. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a couple other guys. Uh, we'll come up with them as they speak their first lines of dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> What what's the hazing ritual? I you're gonna come up with that right now. Oh God, you were about to say something in Spencer's voice. Give me some time. Yeah, um, <laughs> guys, I um, I think the gym's I think the gym's closed. Now what are what are we what are we doing here? Less questions, more climbing. Says one of the older <laughs> hazers. <laughs> he points up at like. At like uh, 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 some sort of, I'm thinking like a basketball hoop. Okay. The idea is, so the basketball hoops get like retracted up and onto the ceiling. Yeah. And and their uh, task is to um, probably like get shit faced, climb up the side of the of the uh, of the like gym hall. Okay. And like dunk a basketball into the basketball hoop that is like raised up above like 10 meters into the air. Naked. <laughs> it, I think it's not hazing unless somebody's naked. So let's talk, let's talk in more climbing, says one of the guys. Another guy hands Spencer two items, a bottle of Jägermeister and a basketball. <laughs> uh, Derek, I don't, I don't think this is very safe. I really don't think we should be here. That's the point, buddy. Now drop trowel. <laughs> uh, so Derek, Derek is, uh, I don't know, five, ten. He's, he's you know, uh, he's a tall guy, but he's not, yeah. he's not anywhere near as tall as, as Spencer, who's over, over six feet. Or, you know. Is this one of the other hazies? No, I think Derek is, the, is your character who's like yelling at him. Um, oh, okay, cool. This is Derek speaking now. So I think Spencer is really reluctant because he's he's never really been bullied. He's always been kind of the biggest kid. And yeah. the fact that this Derek guy is just telling him what to do, doesn't care how big he is. Um, I think Spencer doesn't push over because he told him, but he's like thinking of his brother. Like, we're, we're here. I got to look after my brother. And if I get yeah, kicked yeah, off yeah. the polo team, we can't really go to college here. And then what is my brother going to do? Yeah, yeah. So the other two hazies, um, Jonah, who is like uh, short and red haired, but really like strongly built. Um, and uh, another boy, a lanky boy whose name we don't know yet. Liam. Are already like Liam. Liam and Jonah are already sort of stripping out of their clothes. Liam is like sort of just taking the punishment because he knows this is how things goes. Yeah. Jonah is like trying to make fun of it. Like, ah, oh, this is going to be funny. Ha ha. And like um, uh, trying to be a clown. And the other boys start going like, drop, drow, drop, drow, drop, drow. <laughs> so I think Spencer is like sort of questioning, why do we have to do this naked? I don't really understand the point of... <laughs> But ultimately, I think Spencer just sort of like swallows his pride and uh, you know puts the puts the ball in the in the Jägermeister Jägermeister down on the ground and and uh, takes off his his shorts as well. So Derek goes, "All right, the rules of the game are you gotta dunk the ball in the hoop while the hoop is raised, stowed away like that, so that it's you know life threatening, obviously." Uh, and then another one of the uh, hazers goes like. And you can't dunk the ball until you've finished your Jägermeister. 
um, excuse me, uh, Derek, Derek Senpai, um, <laughs> do we have to drink the Jägermeister once we're in the rafters or, or can I just down it here, then climb up? It's, it's just like beer, your cart, my dude. You just got to finish it before you dunk. Audience, you know how what Birio card is, right? <laughs> I hope so. If we're if we're hitting the right target audience, you guys know what Birio card is. Is where you drink a beer and play Mario Kart at the same time. It's not very complicated. I I think Spencer, who he's got a he's got a big body. He can he can absorb a lot of alcohol. Just like yeah. palms the top of the Jägermeister and twists it off. Yeah, and uh, starts just starts chugging it, just chugging that minty goodness. Yeah, I think he's kind of wincing a little bit. I actually think that he's more of a wine guy, but he's willing to just sort of do this. <laughs> he chugs it, and I think the other two, jo- Jonah and Liam, are like, "What the fuck? Like, should we? Okay, I guess we're I guess we're doing this. Fuck. Okay, I I think we're gonna leave the size of the bottles undefined. Uh, <laughs> Story Jazz does not condone in irresponsible drinking, especially of Jägermeister. Um, though that shit do be delicious sometimes, but the two other boys like down it as well. And everybody's like wobbling now and they sort of wobble over to like these, uh, you know, these racks that they have the sort of climbing racks Mm -hmm. that are like inlaid in the wall. And that's sort of, I think they're going to start with that and then sort of try to like lift up onto some, some, uh, window sills or something and get into the rafters. I think, okay. So they, they drink. They slam, they're trying to climb while holding a basketball. I think Spencer with his sort of broad neck is just sort of like clamping the basketball between his chest and his chin. Yeah. And so he's scaling it much faster than the other two who are trying to like hold it under their arm and climb. I want to say Spencer's phone is in his pocket and it vibrates. But he's not wearing it anymore. Huh? Oh, he's he's not not wearing his pants anymore. So as he he tosses his pants to the ground, he's like a... And he knows it's probably Graham texting him, where are you? Because uh, they were actually going to hang out tonight. And this, um, just upping the stakes a little bit. Yeah, we have a nice, we have a nice like ground shot where the pants vibrating are in the foreground and you can see Spencer climbing the wall in yes. the background. Um, I think he actually makes it up to the rafters before the sort of otherwise moonlit gym all of a sudden flickers to life as somebody in the far corner of the room turns on the light everybody's immediately turns around turns around and then scatters as they see that it's professor horley yeah who uh professor horley is a doctorate in uh physical therapy and he looks after the the gym and such um he's got a, a office above the gym and often works late nights he's a he's an actual doctor but he's kind of the like gym guy as well Dr. Horley. Not this again. Get back here, Derek. And Derek says, see you next week, Horley. And I think he goes, Horley. And everybody goes, <laughs> Horley like walks out into the middle of the, of the, uh, hall. And, uh, but at this point, Spencer is probably pretty secure up in the rafters. Has he dunked the ball yet? No, I think he just got the rafters. Actually, I think, I think that when the, the sort of older boys scatter, they grab the young, the rookies' clothes and take it with them. So they have to come down naked. They don't have any clothes to go down to. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and Derek yells like, "Last one to the to the sport house uh, has to drink whatever those other boys uh, barf up." Because <laughs> there you're looking pretty barfy. Spencer looks around and like thinking, "All right, I guess we probably should get back down. There's no point dunking these balls now that the boys have left anyway." Maybe he calls to Jonah. Says something like that. 
Yeah, I think I think Dr. Horley is just sort of like standing at the door with the light on watching these two but as naked boys <sighs> climb the wall, but he hasn't really seen Spencer yet. Cuz Spencer's uh, hiding oh, up in the rafters. Great. Okay, okay. So Horley sees Horley sees Jonah and walks up to him and says, "Mr. Sampson, are you you going to spend all night up there, are you?" And Jonah goes, "No, sorry, I just need to dunk the ball really quick cuz <laughs> I just need to dunk it so that I can be a big boy like the other big boys." Mm-hmm, do you now? And Jonah like reaches out and tries to dunk the ball. And I th- I, I think Spencer looks over there, realizes that uh, Horley hasn't seen him yet, but also realizes that uh, he can't see Liam anymore. Oh, shit. He's d- disappeared somewhere up in the rafters. And there's some sort of like strange sound, like a rustling and, uh, and a crack somewhere. And then uh, we hear just a little tiny yelp, like a... And Jonah like looks up, Oh no, buddy, are you, Liam, did you fall? Where'd you go? And Spencer looks around and, and Liam's nowhere to be seen. Does Spencer react? Yeah, I think, I think Spencer's like, he's like swallowing his own spit, trying to like uh, sober up a little bit. I think he's, he's in the rafters already. Yeah. He doesn't feel like Liam passed him. So he's like trying to spy around the rafters and look around, but also not like give away his, his, presence to to Horley who's like trying to help Jonah down um I don't think Jonah's even made it that far Jonah, up yet. I think Jonah is, is like climbing up and is almost in reach of the he's like really close and he's like reaching out with the ball and can't dunk it quite yet and he like climbs up another thing and he's like having a hard time because he has short little arms and legs yeah and he's like reaching over and trying to dunk it and we're waiting for that beautiful sound of the dunking ball back to Spencer I think uh, Spencer just gives up on the like he could he could drop the ball into the hoop because he's up in the Raptors sort of above the hoop. Yeah. He could drop it in the hoop, but he doesn't he doesn't really care anymore. He just drops the ball out from under his chin and starts yeah. climbing down. And uh, Dr. Horley sees him for the first time. Yeah, he hears the ball smack on the ground and yeah. turns around and goes, oh, another one of you. <sighs> well, nice to see you've come to your senses. Come on down. Then. And he's interrupted finally by a screech like a what? And the beautiful sound of something being dunked into the basketball hoop, except as we look around, we see that it isn't the ball that has been dunked in, but it is Jonah. Jonah's pearly white ass. <laughs> Naked and contorted. There's a, like, there was a snap as he was pushed into this hoop, and he's like stuck in there now, and it looks like his spine is broken. What? It looks like it. I'm not like saying he's been, his spine is cannon broken. Okay. But okay. something has grabbed and contorted him. He's and, been folded up and dunked into the hoops. He's sort of like with legs and arms dangling out and his butt yes, dangling beneath it. Exactly. <laughs> Horley and Spencer look up, ashen white faces, <laughs> aghast. And it sounds as though, it feels as though a wailing chill passes over the entire hall and some sort of supernatural presence leaves the room. Uh, Dr. Horley, did did you hear that? Did you did you hear what I heard? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Jonah, are you alright? <laughs> I don't know if any amount of physical therapy will be able to help that boy. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that we we can kind of non-dialogue resolve that like uh Spencer climbs down, sort of spends a minute, still stark naked, wandering around the gym, sort of looking for Liam a little bit. And Dr. Horley grabs a broom from the side and starts sort of gently poking Jonah in the butt, trying to help him out yeah, yeah, yeah. of this hoop, where Jonah is kind of like almost unconscious, yeah. like sort of reeling, uh, dangled limp in the hoop. Maybe like muttering under his breath, some sort of gibberish. Yeah. 
I think eventually Dr. Horley says, uh, young, young Spencer, was it? I'm, I think it's best that you go home. I'm going to uh, call security and have them help me get Jonah down. And I, I don't want you to get in any trouble with the admissions or, or academics before your tenure here has really begun. Thanks. And as he sort of just bails out of that uh, gymnasium, completely naked, still completely naked. Actually, I want I want him to run into Harriet here. Okay, okay, okay. Completely naked, running in the darkness. Uh, Harriet's like coming back from a late night study session. Well, okay, before we do that, then let's jump to Harriet and see what she was doing before this. Yeah. Okay. So smash cut to Harriet. She's with a group of her girlfriends. Um, they're all studying for their sort of ancient Islamic literature class. <laughs> There's a sort of visiting professor here and they're, so she's sort of meeting with her girlfriends. Maybe she's meeting with her girlfriends, not specifically to study for this, but that's like under the guise. They're also the academic types. They're really meeting to sort of touch up on like, hey, how, how was your summer? Yeah, how are yeah. you doing? How's your boyfriend? You know, did you finally dump him? Whatever, right? I finally dunked him. <laughs> <laughs> smash cut back to Jonah I'm the ghost I'm the ghost my boyfriend is Jonah I just dunked him no it's case closed <laughs> yeah so she's she's hanging out with a bunch of girlfriends eating you know fine cheese or something they're they're having a great time uh one of the girlfriends like smuggled a bunch of wine in and so they're, nice. they're getting sort of wine tipsy first week of classes they don't really have any homework yet but they're gushing over this like gorgeous new uh Islamic literature professor um, mm. he's sort of a visiting professor. He's like late twenties. He's got this like gorgeous beard. And they're, they're talking about his like dark and mysterious past. Like nobody really knows what his full CV is like. I think he's like 50. No way. There's no way he's 50. He's way too smoking to be 50. I don't know. I think 50 year olds can be smoking. Uh, and then, but, but what did he like? There's like a 10 year gap in his CV and they're like speculating. And yeah. you know, like I heard he was a professional, uh, assassin. I heard he was such and such. Uh, and one of them uh, says, maybe he was a paranormal investigator. What's his name? Uh, his name is Faisal. Faisal. Is that his first or last name? First name. Like F-A-I-S-A-L. Maybe he just he just asked people to call him Dr. Faisal. All right. It's his first name, but he's young enough to where he just he just goes by his you know, doctor first name. I'm trying to so I'm trying to tie things together. Let's create yeah. this mysterious idea that maybe Dr. Faisal has some sort of tie to the, um, because I, here's what I'm, I'm trying to get at. I hear that he's actually um, has a past in paranormal investigation. And then several of the girls sort of glance over at Harriet, who like rolls her eyes and like just so, sort of focuses on her work. Yeah, I think, I think Harriet's sort of indulging them. Maybe she doesn't actually think yeah. he's that cute. But he is actually really cute. He's really cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think Harriet's just sort of eye rolling the whole thing. She just likes to hang out with her girlfriends. Yeah. Um, although they do like poke fun about her sort of uh, father's sort of renown, but like often made fun of. I think this is a world where people don't really believe in ghosts. Sure. Yeah. It's sort of a, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a profession that used to be much more relevant back in the days of less technology and stuff, but ghosts have sort of almost died out uh, the way that most animals have almost died out. Do you think that, there is a concrete history that ghosts did exist? Or is this the kind of thing where like, this is like a secret world thing, like nobody believes in ghosts, but they actually exist? I think somewhere in between, like ghosts did exist and it was totally a feasible, regular job for a long time. But at this point, 
it's just such it's like so long ago that people don't know that it was actually real and they sort of don't believe people and Harriet is yeah. like no it's real my whole family did it like whatever and people poke fun at her for believing it yeah but also like she knows it's actually factually real yeah the way people don't believe in in giraffes sure or finland <laughs> <laughs> Or Elon Musk, you know? I think he's actually just an elongated muskrat in a human suit. He doesn't exist. He's puppeted by the Finnish giraffes. <laughs> so yeah, so I think they're sort of shooting the shit, uh, eating too much cheese, drinking wine, having fun, speculating about this sort of hot uh, Islamic lit teacher. And eventually, I think that Harriet gets a little ticked off that they're making fun of her. She's like, Guys, I'm, I think I'm tired. I think I'm just going to go home. Yeah. Let's do this next week. And the girl's like, oh, we're sorry. We didn't mean to make fun of you. It's just, it's so much fun. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so she, she like grabs her books um, in her like pleated miniskirt and sort of walks home. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't actually have to have a pleated, pleated so... miniskirt. I've just been making fun of this like <laughs> school environment. So Harriet uh, walks through the sort of darkening dusk of campus um, and suddenly a butt naked boy just bowls her the fuck over, just slams into her, rounds, a, rounds one of those large New England hedges and just, just rams into her and just knocks her to the ground, sends books flying. Yeah. As his wet body <laughs> <laughs> convulses in terror of being seen in its naked state. I, wait, how do we think Spencer is super nervous about... Like, I mean, obviously he's embarrassed about being naked, but do you think he's like, ah, fuck, a girl saw me. Oh, no. No, I don't, think that's, I don't think that's the big deal. I think it's more that he literally just witnessed a supernatural phenomenon and he felt that something more was going on there. Like, So, yeah, yeah. So he had permission to leave from Dr. Horsley, but he was he's running because he's kind of afraid. So Spencer knocks her over. Oh, fuck. Jesus. Oh, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so sorry. Um, oh, G oh, okay. Um, um, no, you don't have to. I, I got it. And she like gathers up the books because she doesn't want him to like bend over yeah. <laughs> right next to him, <laughs> right next to her face. Uh, he like hides behind a bush, like so that the bush is like conveniently cropping his, uh, yeah, 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 like yeah. his groin. Um, and he like goes, "I'm so sorry." Um, the polo team, the polo team, and and the gym. Yeah, that's totally okay. I get it. I know it's hazing season or whatever. Uh, just probably best to get. To your dorm and put on some clothes, right? Huh. Yeah. Um. Are you okay? I'm. I'm really sorry. I, it's not at all appropriate of me. Please. She don't. looks up at his face and she sees that telltale look, that perfectly recognizable look that she has in her blood to recognize, the look of somebody who's just seen a ghost, and she stops for a second, and she thinks. Oh, no, no, not here. Come on. I've gone months without something like this. Please, no. And she just says, I'm fine. Get, go get dressed. Okay, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm sorry. Don't have to um, call me ma'am. I'm junior. It's, uh, I'm like two years older. Than... <laughs> Never mind. Uh, he like, uh, Spencer like cups his groin and runs a little bit more carefully off. She looks after him after that glistening butt. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, wait. Let's just establish first, first meeting. Does Harriet have any attraction to him whatsoever? She sees a large muscular boy or is this just a moment of like, like what, what's going on? No, I don't think, I don't think okay. we know that okay. yet. We'll figure that out. Okay. 
I, you know, I, first impressions are important. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's true. So, so Harry is sort of like piles up the rest of her books and, and, uh, Spencer makes it to the sort of like townhouse ish thing. There's like not quite like a dorm building. There's like these like little old townhouses. Cause it's an old, like new England, Connecticut town or something. Yeah. And Graham's sitting on the front steps, uh, looking at his phone and vaping. <laughs> Um, he looks up at Spencer, just gives him a, a once over and goes, like, do you give him his voice? Yeah. But like, uh, looks like you had a pretty good night. You could say that. Uh, any cute guys in the, on the polo team that I should know about that I should keep my eyes for. I mean, I've never seen you strip on a first date and lose all of your clothes. It was an intense first date. Um, I think Jonah's seriously hurt. I don't know. He's he like he's just sort of shook AF and he sits down. Jonah the the ginger, the the ginger kid on the polo team? Yeah. He I guess slipped into It doesn't really make any sense. I mean, it looked like something dunked him. Is this another one of the the hazing rituals that you were you were telling me about? Uh sort of. Well, this wasn't really hazing. This looked more like a serious, I mean, this looked like assault. Something was trying to hurt him. All right, well, let's have less of you revealed on the sidewalk. Let's just take a shower. We'll we'll talk about it tomorrow. Yeah, that sounds good. Just just get some sleep. I think I think Graham had the impulse to sort of sort of uh, make fun of his brother at first, but he can read his brother. He, he, they're twins. He can read his brother's face and knows that his brother's like yeah. not not joking. And so he just sort of like slides to the side a little bit and lets Spencer get up the steps into the dorm, into the room. As they walk into the dorm house, they hear a siren wail and we, they can, we can now see an ambulance and, or like the school ambulance. I don't know. Do American schools have like an on-campus ambulance? Probably. I mean, my, my schools do, but um, yeah, I mean, it's a rich private university. Uh, and, uh, just a bit of commotion over near the gymnasium. Uh, I think, I think, uh, after Graham moves to the side to let Spencer in and Spencer goes to like sort of clean up, Graham sort of sits on the steps a little more, um, just sort of looking out into the night, a little bummed that he didn't get, get to hang out with his brother, but like, yeah, just sort of enjoying the night and, and sort of vaping. And I think Harriet walks by. No idea that the brothers are related. No idea that this is where the other brother went. I think she stops as she sees the, um, commotion at the gymnasium as well yeah she stops maybe she stops directly in front of graham and they both sort of look back and yeah, see yeah. like a, a bunch of like a, an ambulance and the fire truck and a police truck a police car all pull up in front of the gymnasium yeah, yeah. which is just barely visible from where they are we can i mean we can jump perspective as well the firemen are in the sports in, in the gymnasium right now trying to dislodge unconscious josh from the yeah they set up a ladder yeah and now they're taking out like a saw to like through the hoop of the basketball thing, mm -hmm. the basketball hoop, and <laughs> try try to get him out there. <laughs> the hoop of the basketball, the hoop of the basketball hoop. I think that sort of Graham sort of leans out from the steps, sort of leans forward, sort of see what's going on, and sort of like offhandedly says, uh, "Did you see what happened over there? Is is someone hurt?" Uh I don't know. I I don't know. Uh, it seems unusual, though. <laughs> I think Harriet's kind of trying to cover what she's already seen with the sort of naked boy and the sort of seen a ghost. She can feel that this is a supernatural yeah. event. 
It's in her blood. And I think that the the only thing that, that Graham has is that he can tell that she's off a little bit. He doesn't really know her, but he can tell that she's acting a little weird. And so he sort of turns to her and says, um, are you all right? No, sure. I don't um, know anything about that. I'm not involved in, I, I mean, this isn't, it's, somebody got hurt. I, I wasn't there, so I wouldn't know. She's acting just extremely suspicious and weird. Uh, and my name's Graham. Um, if you need anything, I, I live here. Um, I make, I make a great pozole. Um, you just <laughs> come over and knock if you need anything. Does, does, is, is Graham just really open or is he sort of like looking to connect with people, especially pretty girls because he's just new and doesn't really have a major yet. And I think maybe a little bit of the both. I think he's very genuine. He like, doesn't really have anything to hide. Yeah. Yeah. But he's also like, and he does, he does generally like, yeah, I think he like, is a cute girl. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I was kind of trying to manifest that Spencer was gay. Yeah. Sure. Before. Sure. But I, I don't think like, I don't think Graham's like gunning for this cute girl. I think he's just like, he sees that she's acting a little weird and, it's just trying to be friendly. Also, it's like first week of college, right? They're trying, everybody's trying to make new friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, um, thanks. Yeah, I think she's going to hurry home. That's good. That's good. How, how do we think Harriet feels about Graham? I mean, I think she can read that he's genuine, but. Yeah, she can, she can read. She, she's just. Um, it's frazzled. Frazzled by the situation. She's just hoping it'll blow over and people will think it's some sort of accident and that'll be it. Graham approaching her like that. No, I don't think I. I don't think she's particularly interested in him. It's just like another freshman. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I think she she gets home, and sort of closes the curtains against the blue and red flashing of the ambulance. And I want to do some sort of <laughs> nightmare sequence. I, no, I want to do some. So here's what I want to do. She closes the curtains against the um, red and blue, red and blue lights of the ambulance, uh, and she. Checks her mail, email on her laptop and sort of clicks through things and tries to distract herself and looks at Instagram or whatever and like sits down on the bed and like finally lays down and thinks, I'm just going to sleep. I'm just going to relax and sleep. And maybe it's not even, maybe I overreacted. It might not be a spectral phenomenon. And in that very moment, her laptop like goes and like a chat window opens and she looks over and like in shock for a second, but then she sees her dad's smiling face in a video chat. And she goes, Jesus, what have I told you about doing that? <laughs> like he called her and she answered? or like, like I think he can just, I don't know what it is. It's some sort of semi-magical, like I think he has some sort of control because he's like a veteran ghost hunter over some sort of spectrum okay. manipulation. And he just sort of uh, haunt like, possessed her her computer for a second something i don't know how yeah. he does it maybe he has a pet ghost that does it for him or something and his dad's power is that he can tell when she's in trouble and he like felt that she's in trouble sure like it it rings up and suddenly there's a picture of her dad yeah and he just gives her a, a sly grin and says harry i i got this sort of you know that thing <sighs> the cold prickle on your on the back of your eyebrows <laughs> <laughs> that's his telltale sign that's his sixth sense can you can you explain to me and the audience, just for our education, where the back of the eyebrows is? <laughs> Inside the skull, dummy. <laughs> okay. Obviously. All right. I'm my bad, I guess. Harry, are, are you are you good? You said you were going out with some friends tonight. Is is everyone okay? Uh, yeah, I hung out with them and um, I was fine. 
they were sort of teasing me about the whole. Yeah, never mind. She doesn't want to like burden her dad with the fact that you know. Yeah. Um, people tease her for being from a family of paranormal investigators. Dad, I don't know, probably sort of scratches his chin with his spectral hand. I think it's his spectral <laughs> hand that allows him to do it. He calls her on Skype and when she doesn't pick up. He like reaches into the screen with his spectral hand and like push, <laughs> and it comes out her computer and he pushes the the accept button from there. Yeah, that's how he does it. This is canon Ugh. now. Fuck everything. Okay. So terrifying, <laughs> terrifying. Um. So, yeah. I, nothing really. It's just, you know, the school year is starting and it's hazing season or whatever, but he can probably tell that she's dodging the question. Yeah. I think that he, he tries to sort of, he says like, well, Harry, you know, you are a capable woman, but I'm your dad and I care about you. If there's, if there's something you need, you let me know. <sighs> And she like wrestles with whether to tell him, but she knows that he already knows something's up. Dad, I think there's maybe, possibly, a little tiny chance that there might be a small, slightly agitated ghost on campus. I knew it. And he slaps the table on his side. <laughs> with his spectral I knew it. I hand could just... and it goes through yeah. and he goes, oh, oops. And he takes the other hand and slaps the table with it. <laughs> Uh, I, I could tell, I could, I just, I fucking knew it. Like, like 30 minutes ago, either, either you just got body slammed or there was a spectral spirit. One of those two. Yeah. I knew it. I hope it was just the body slam that shook me. And she tells him about the naked boy that ran her over and he he (laughs) had that look on his face and he's like the look. And she's like, yeah, the look. All right. Well, I've sort of, I've walked you through this before, but um, I'm just going to do it one more time. And then he like, he, he, he like makes like he's going to make a list and we cut. Uh, yeah, perfect. Uh, and we cut to like a couple hours later after he's like finished berating her and she's, I just wanted to like lie on the bed and stare at the ceiling and think to herself, I just don't want to be a ghost hunter. <laughs> That's it. Um, next day, new scene. Something completely different, and we'll lead it back into the narrative. I, I was just thinking we would start first day of uh, intro to Shakespeare's Lit. Oh, sweet! Are we doing Shakespeare's Lit, or are we doing an uh, a uh, like theater group production of Shakespeare? Like first, I think practice. this is like I think this is. I don't think either Graham or Spencer are theater majors, right? I think this is a this is a Shakespearean literature class that they take to like fill a fill a prerequisite. And so they show up to class together. They sit, you know, middle of the auditorium. They're dicking around. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. I have a scene for before that. Yeah. Help, help me. I think yeah. this will, this will help uh, get the ball rolling. Um, Spencer is called to the principal. What's the principal? The dean's office. Yeah. Spencer is called to the dean's office in the morning. Uh, and yeah. he's nervous about it. He's not feeling well since yesterday. He's sort of a little nauseated. He can't really, he couldn't really eat breakfast. And Graham uh, doesn't have any class right now. So he's going to go with him. So he's just going to go with him. So Spencer and Graham yeah. knock at the dean's door. Uh, and I'm just going to give the dean a random voice. Come in. So uh, Spencer sort of creaks the door open and peeks inside. And like on the desk in front of the dean is a pair of pants and a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> like disembodied or folded? No, 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 no. Like his just oh, like his, his old <laughs> pants that he left in the gym. I thought because we were doing a ghost story, maybe it okay. would be a ghost man. 
Man, I can't say socks, pants, shirt without them like maybe being disembodied. Every clothes could be a ghost boy or girl or non-binary person. Um, uh, <laughs> so the Dean is a woman with red hair and glasses. That's all I know so far. She She's prototype Miss Frizzle. Is prototype Miss Frizzle, but plus glasses. I don't think Miss Frizzle had glasses, right? I don't know. She smiles at the two boys and says, please collect your things and sit for a moment. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry, uh, Dean Gillespie. I'm really sorry. Oh, don't worry about it. I mean, it's uh, awful. So I'm, and I'm not going to be charged with uh, we'll get to that sexual at some assault? Other or, well, I think we can... What? I think we can make a bit of a deal there. Um, you could tell me everything you saw yesterday, and we could talk about uh, reducing the punishment for the shenanigans you boys got up to last night. Uh, Graham sort of looks around like, what other boys? I didn't, I didn't do anything. <laughs> no, well, I know you weren't there, but uh, the polo boys, you know, them and their games. <sighs> I've spoken to Derek and his friends. They don't seem to remember much. Um, they seem to have been, how to put this delicately, sh- shoot-faced. And um, <laughs> they swear they don't know how Josh got stuffed into that hoop. Jonah? Uh, Jonah, yes. They don't, <laughs> how Mr. Hill, <laughs> no, what's Jonah's name? <laughs> how Mr. Uh, Mount, I- Mountainside. <laughs> Zimmerman. Zimmerman. They they don't seem to remember how Mr. Zimmerman was stuffed into that hoop or where... Wait, didn't we have a last name for Jonah before? I can't remember what it was. Mr. Ferris disappeared to. Liam Ferris so and Jonah. Jonah Zimmerman and Liam Ferris. I'm I'm really sorry, uh, Dean Gillespie. I, I don't know where um, Liam went. I saw, I saw Jonah's slip... That's sort of what, what, what he's going with, slip. Yeah. I think he's thinking. Um, I saw Jonah slip and and fall into the hoop and and hurt himself, but I was I was scared, so I, I left. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry, Dean Gillespie. I won't do it again. Let me... Um, she like sort of leans forward. Let me ask, you said you saw him slip? Well, I, I didn't actually see him slip. I saw him when he was climbing... And reaching over into the hoop, mm-hmm. and I saw him after he fell into it. Um, but I, I think he slipped. I, nobody, nobody pushed him. Anything more after that? Um, no. Uh, Doctor Horsley um, tried to help get him down, um, but because I was I was naked, he told me to go home, and um, and and so I and so I left. Doctor Horsley mentioned that there was a strange. He felt a strange presence in the room. Oh, I, um... It's okay if you... Yes, yes. I won't laugh if you think there was something more to it. Please tell me. I'm concerned for the safety of my students. I did feel something, um, Dean Gillespie. I did. Um, mm. But I don't know what it is or what it was. And I don't... I, I didn't think it was it was a real thing. I thought it was just me. So I don't... I didn't... I didn't do anything about should I have done something? No. You did perfectly fine. Uh I would just ask you both 
not to mention this to anyone. We've had um, run-ins with federal-level authorities concerning this subject over the decades, few times, unfortunately. And um, if you feel there was anything more to the situation, just forget about it. Stick with your previous story. The boy slipped and fell, and that's all there is to it. Uh, Dean Gillespie, is is Jonah going to be okay? We don't know yet. He's stable for now. He's in the. Uh, he, he's being transferred to a hospital off campus, but it seems he's pretty severely injured. I'm sorry, Dean Gillespie. I, I'm sorry. It wasn't your fault. The boy simply slipped, and I think we can cut there. Yeah, I think maybe we pan over to Graham, who's like. What the heck is going on? And he like <laughs> and then he's like cut. wondering whether he can sneak a pull on his vape <laughs> during this conversation. He's like, hmm. And he's got his hand up to his mouth. Hmm. <laughs> and then he looks away, he's just like into his shirt. Yeah. And then like a weird mist comes out the bottom of his shirt. <laughs> and Gillespie's like, the ghost, he's here. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. Uh, Softy here. Boy, that was an intense recording, that first episode. Uh, This is Sam. We just want to thank you for listening, for being with us this far, and hopefully to the end of the episode. Yeah, a totally obscure podcast that probably we recommended to you. But, you know, in any case, thanks for letting us show our podcast to the world. Speaking of showing our podcast to the world... We have a Twitter, uh, Story Jazz Cast. We have a, what a segue. Instagram. We've got a Facebook. Amazing. Follow us on all those so you can keep up to date with when the newest episode will come out, which, by the way... Speaking of... I can do segues, too. Uh, speaking of the newest <laughs> episode, you yeah, follow us at Story Jazz Cast. We will t- tell you exactly when the new episodes drop. Uh, we will be posting clips and stuff. Um, and maybe even funny maymays. I think that's how they're pronounced. All right. So, um, all right. Yeah. Uh, uh, our schedule is going to be Thursdays. We're going to try to re- release an episode every second Thursday, every other Thursday, every 14 days. But as a very special treat, because we've already pre-produced a bunch of episodes, we will be releasing Ghost Hunters Part 2. That is the second half of this story arc involving Harriet and Spencer and Graham uh, this Saturday, I think, or maybe Sunday. Yeah, we're hoping this weekend to sort of whet your appetite for what's to come. Um, But after that, it should be about every two weeks on Thursday. Um, so you can look forward to that then. Yeah, and uh, you can tweet at us. Uh, tweet at We're trying to get into Twitter. So tweet at us with uh, the hashtag StoryJazz. Tell us, you know, uh, what characters you liked or something. And then we can, you know, try to incorporate those characters more in later episodes. We're trying to be audience integration. Is it working yet? I hope so. What we mean is we love you. Each and every one of you. Your flaws, your beauty, everything. Oh. And we miss you. (laughs) We miss you so much. So tweet at us. Before you came into our life, we missed you so bad. We missed you so bad. We missed you so so bad. Sam, you're laughing. You're laughing, but it's true. I we don't have a huge audience for this. We're doing this because we love to do it because yeah. it's fun for us to record and it's fun to tell these stories. 
but we miss an audience we don't have yet. And so we're very much looking forward to hearing from you, hearing what you like, hearing what you hate, and hopefully making more of one and not the other. And uh, I guess without further ado, uh, enjoy the rest of this first episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs> so we, we cut to maybe like 11 or something. And Graham and Spencer uh, are like sitting in the auditorium waiting for class to start like peeling the, the, the wrapping off of their uh, literature book. So I want to pilot towards some sort of the boys. Spencer is like obsessing more and more about this being a supernatural thing. And then yeah. now as he meets Harriet again, he hears that she is connected to that sort of thing. So he thinks he can talk to her about it, right? Maybe it's just a rumor. Maybe he's just sitting with a bunch of the other freshmen in this Shakespeare's Lit class. Yeah. And so the sort of first he just sees a professor and he's not really paying attention. And then the professor introduces uh, Harriet and he's like, oh, fuck, that was the girl that I totally ran over when I was naked. Both Graham and Spencer immediately recognize her, but they don't, they don't like immediately say anything. They just are thinking different things about her. Okay. Um, I'm looking up a Shakespearean sonnets on the side to try and find one that we can integrate into this episode. <laughs> I can't find a good one. Uh, really quick. Wait, yeah, okay. All right. I've got one for you. Yeah. Does it have to do with ghosts? Cause that's sort of what I'm hoping for. <laughs> yes. Which one is it? Here, I'm just going to send it to you. Oh yeah. 86. That's the same one I had open. Harriet is, is up front reading out this sonnet to the sort of half aware class. And she's like in her element. She's focusing on her work. So once more, listen and try to understand the feeling that he's going for here. He nor that affable familiar ghost, which nightly gulls him with intelligence. As victors of my silence cannot boast, I was not sick of any fear from thence. But when your countenance filled up his line, then lacked I matter, that enfeebled mine. And during these last few words, she sort of realizes the connection again. Why did it have to be Sonnet 86 today of all days, you know? But I think she knows. Like, I think she knows that this this sort of coincidence doesn't just happen. Doesn't just happen. Right? This is another sign that, oh, the spectral presence is not gone yet. It might be in our in this very room right now. And it doesn't even have to be the spectral presence doing this. It's that when a spectral entity is present, the whole sort of world warps yes, around exactly. them. And you can see the the ripples everywhere. Exactly. So I do not know what this poem means because I'm a dummy when it comes to poems. Can you please give us a quick rundown so that we can integrate it into our narrative? Not off. I mean, I don't really know the poem that well either. Let me... We can also just not deep dive any deeper into it. I think I think maybe she just she she pauses. She pauses after having read it. And I think the 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 class is sort of sleepily listening, uh, doesn't really know how to gauge this first class. The professor had her read some stuff to sort of get them used to iambic pentameter and 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 such. Um She's like, anybody want to say anything about that? Or um and then there's some like vague conversation about what the poem means. She's sort of like, 
directing it, but also trying not to drift off into her own sort of panic about yeah. the presence of this. Graham raises his hand. Okay. She recognizes him. Yeah. I think she recognizes him and immediately recognizes the big guy next to her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Next, next to him. him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Graham, right? Did you want to add something? I think Gra- Graham blushes uh, <laughs> that, that she remembered his name. And and he sort of, he uh, cracks open his book and says, um, I think this is uh, about sort of the later uh, Shakespearean sonnets where he's, he feels his writing is sort of threatened and he's writing about other writers taking up the field and sort of inhabiting the place that he's inhabited uh, as yeah. sort of the sort of great writer of his time. Um, and so he's he's struggling with the the spirits um, of other other writers in this era. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that uh, that gets to the point quite quite well. And she's like sort of drifting off into her own thoughts. I think the bell rings right about then, probably mm-hmm. right. Um, yeah, great. At the same time, Spencer has overheard mutterings before class, right about people making fun of right we, we established that earlier maybe right as maybe as class is ending yeah, some yeah, of yeah. the other kids are like that's the ghost girl that's the girl whose dad yeah, was, yeah, the, yeah. was the ghost hunter that was on like the exactly the, the, there was like you know, some news interview last night with john oliver yeah, yeah yeah where they sort of made like john oliver sort of made fun of the idea of the ghost a ghost hunter a ghost hunter today in today's economy really <laughs> uh that sort of thing yeah. And, um, but it was like a, an amicable thing. And her dad, uh, knows that like it's ghost hunters aren't as much of a thing as they used to be. But yeah, people sort of have been talking about it ever since that. That was a few months ago. Um, and so Spe- Spencer sort of perks up as he hears that. And he sort of, uh, uh, runs down and tries to, to get to talk to her before she leaves. She's already sort of like shuffling out. She doesn't really want to yeah. have to talk to anybody. Graham sort of follows behind Spencer, who takes huge steps and makes it there much faster than him. Uh, uh, Harriet, I'm. I wanted to. Oh yeah. Did you have a question or? Well, first I want to apologize for yesterday. That was um, that was not cool of me. I'm I'm really sorry. Oh, you no. Don't worry about it at all. It's uh, it's fine. Were you? Did you get um? Did you get home okay? Uh, or? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, my brother waited up for me. Oh, right. Um, that was... And I think at that point, Graham, Graham waves. Yeah. You guys, we actually met. Weird. Um, did you need something? Can I talk to you? Like, maybe later. Um, we can talk now. He, I think he's, he's, he stutters. He's like, I don't know. Um, maybe I'm crazy. You're... I think she, she knows what he wants to talk to her about, but he's like having trouble actually saying it. You've... She like, ugh. You felt something, right? Uh, I don't. I'm not sure. I know what you mean. They told you not to tell anybody, probably. But in the gym, when that thing happened to Jonah, you felt something, and you heard that I was the ghost girl. So you wanted to ask me about it. Well, ask. I'm sorry. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have asked. That's that's not fair to you. Um. Thanks. Thanks for class. Um. Do you, you really want us to, to leave this scene still? <laughs> no, I, I, I like this idea of Spencer as a huge, beautiful, talented man who's just doesn't doesn't like to insert himself and is doesn't okay, have okay, like okay. a strong like personality I'll, presence. I'll have Graham intervene then. Graham goes, Yeah, great. 
basically, yeah, we're kind of scared that maybe ghosts were real this whole time and nobody told us and everybody's acting super weird. And I would, we would love it if you could like help us clear this up just a little bit so that we can sleep so that we can sleep at all. That'd be great. I think he also goes like, yeah, if you just, why don't you just like, let's get lunch and you could just tell us what we need to know so that we don't get killed by a ghost. Yes. That's, that would be great. Smash cut. They're having lunch together. So Harry gives them the rundown over lunch. Basically, ghosts are totally real. Like, it's not like in the movies with like, never cross the streams or whatever, you know? Um, but it's pretty close to that. And uh, it's been a profession for centuries where ghost hunters, you know, investigate and capture or, or banish the ghosts. My family has done that for generations and they keep trying to make me do it too. But, Are you going uh, to banish this ghost? No, I don't do that. I'm I'm a Shakespearean oh. lit nerd. That's my thing. I, I, I'm studying literature. I'm going to finish next year. And then I'm going to try to probably go further down the academic path. I don't really know yet. But ugh, I'm not in shape to be fighting ghosts anyway. You know, I don't have like my equipment like i i don't know i all the equipment i have back at my parents place is like kid sized anyway like i haven't done it for years so who's gonna who's gonna take care of the ghost i don't know maybe dr faisal faisal i can't say faisal 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 thank you maybe dr faisal apparently he's been in the game before too if rumors are to be believed no i i assume they'll get some sort of outside contractor or They've, they've got pretty cheap ones now. You know, they just sort of roll up in a big bus with a cheap spray-painted logo on the side and get like some sort of fancy vacuum cleaner tool and try to suck up the ghosts in that. I don't know how they do it these days. Isn't that uh, Ghostbusters? What? <laughs> I have never heard of that. What is that? <laughs> I, I love the idea that Harriet goes to the Ackroyd School for the Academically Gifted, founded by former Ghostbuster. And no, few people know, but Ghostbusters is actually a documentary. But she's never <laughs> seen Ghostbusters because she's just not interested in Ghostbusting. Uh, never mind. Um, okay, so how do we not die? Well, don't offend the ghost, probably. She, I'm guessing it happened in the gymnasium, right? Somebody was dunked. Yeah. I could imagine it probably has something to do with sports. Maybe it's a former athletic uh, athletics major. Is that a thing? Athletics? Is that a thing you can major in? Nobody majors in athletics. It's a it's a extracurricular. Even if you're on the sports team, it's not your class. It's but in any case, I think I think Spencer goes, um, I have to go to the gym like almost every day. I'm I'm on the polo team. <laughs> Are they keeping it open right now? Aren't you just going to practice outside? Polo's on horses, well, right? <laughs> yeah, but most of our practices are are gym related, either working out in the in the in the weights or or right. doing practices like I'm going to be in the gym yeah, all the, the time. Yeah, the entire sort of athletic tract of the of campus is going to be sort of under duress as long as this specter is present. Isn't there like a, I think actually Graham's going to kind of be like, is there like a necklace he can wear or like a, like a dream catcher thing that he can wear to like, Oh sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. Sure. Really? Probably. I don't know. 
Get check eBay, maybe. <laughs> I feel like you're making fun of us right now. I I'm not. No, I'm not. There are necklaces and dream catchers and things. Sure, I don't. I'm not. I don't know about them so much. Like I know the basics of how to like banish and capture from like childhood, but those artifacts like artificing and um enchantment and that kind of stuff is sort of out of my range look you guys thanks a bunch for lunch um we can totally hang out and like watch that ghost busting movie that you told me about <laughs> like i bet there's a bunch of total inaccuracies in there and uh uh she she actually made a never cross the streams reference herself, and I'm I'm, yeah. I'm retconning that to say she's never seen Ghostbusters. <laughs> I bet there's a bunch of funny historical in- inaccuracies in there, so I I guess it could be fun for me too, even though I'm not into that sort of thing officially, not into that sort of thing. And um, it's so cool to see a couple guys like you in a in a Shakespearean lit class. I hope you uh, give it your all because that that it might that stuff might be old, but it's really full of. Well, there's a lot of gold nuggets in there. There's, there's a lot you can learn from Shakespeare. Thanks, thanks, Harriet. Um, I'm sorry to, I'm sorry again for, for run, for running into you. Or thanks for don't for running into you. Th- thanks for running into you. Thanks, thanks. That I'm glad that we could run into you here. But I'm sorry that I ran into you before. Right. A different kind of running it. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's like a pause where they sort of like nobody knows what to say, and Graham goes, "Well, that was great. Okay." Um, I guess we'll see you on uh, what Thursday. I guess next class is Thursday, or um, and uh, if we die to a ghost before then, it's not your fault. Um, thanks. Just you know, go eBay a dreamcatcher. <laughs> I think Grant Graham leans over to Spencer and says, "I'm pretty sure that's like not culturally appropriate. Like dreamcatchers don't actually. That's not what they're for." <laughs> yeah, she's like, yeah, actually, that was that was not, yeah, no. See, I'm not the right person to ask about this stuff. <laughs> they just all feel sort of white awkwardness. <laughs> yeah. Spencer goes to the gym a couple days later. The gym is like closed for a couple days, and then there's a, an official like email goes around like um, informing everybody, yada yada. Jonah's in hospital and fine. Uh, We've talked to Liam's parents and they say that he's come home, which we're not sure if that's true, you know. Mm-hmm. We're investigating, or, or it was, we're not investigating, it was a, an accident. Um, we asked to stop the hazing ritual with climbing up into the rafters. It's dangerous. Please don't do that anymore. Uh, the, the polo boys all get se- severely punished. Um, they get suspended or whatever. So there's no like, like horse-based polo practice for the few, next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the first year polo guys, well, there's only one of them left, I guess. Um, <laughs> or Spencer, other polo guys who weren't involved with the hazing too. Might, maybe, yeah. But Spencer is um, sort of, they, they're giving Spencer a bit of a break because he was more of a victim in that situation anyway. So um, he is, he's been advised to just take his classes and go to the gym to work out every day or every other day. And that's sort of the coach is sort of like leaning on them to like stay in shape and not, 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 you can't relax. Like I could see, uh, I could see uh, professor, Dr. Horsley. Is it Horsley now? I I think he started out as Horley, but he's Horsley now, I guess. I mean, Horsley, like a Z sound. Horsley. Horsley. Yeah. 
Um, I would see Horsley being the guy who uh, sort of takes care of Spencer in that situation. So Spencer is in the school gym and it's like sort of empty. There's like two other people there. People are sort of wary around it. Nobody's like really going there, but he needs to like get his workouts in. It's just his, the central, it's the pillar of his mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, he's doing his, his rowing machine and his uh, lifts or whatever. Things that people who go to the gym do, you know, (laughs) just gym things. Um, And as the, the gym empties out because it's sort of late in the day, um, he sort of gets a bit of a chill and he just doesn't feel too well and he goes over and takes a shower and the water turns really cold in the middle of it and he turns it back up warm and he's like first he's, he feels like he uh, is some uh, something unnatural caused that shift in temperature but then he realizes he just sort of knocked against the um, the temperature nozzle with his arm it's like I'm going crazy jeez classic uh, thriller yeah, yeah. Uh, scenes where you think something unnatural is happening, but it's totally normal, and you're like, <gasps> he's uh, he's ch- changing into his um his regular clothes, and somebody knocks, and he like sort of jolts, and it's Horsley, and he's like, "Can I come in?" Is it in the in the locker room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Horsley oh, also oh, just yeah. finished uh, his daily routine because he works out too. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, hey, Doctor Horsley. Hey, how are how are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, we're not gonna lie. I still feel a little bit shaken. How's <laughs> how are you feeling? Me too. Uh, I'm I'm doing I'm doing okay. Um, just trying to get adjusted here. This isn't this isn't anything like uh like Atlanta. Yes, I would imagine so. You can tell, like we can tell, there's something on his mind. And he's trying to think whether or not he should um, speak about it. I think he doesn't think he doesn't even he doesn't get there until Spencer's like, "Well, I'll I'll see you I'll see you later, Doctor Horsley." Okay. And he sort of like kicks kicks the floor with each shoe to make sure his shoe is totally on. That's great. So Spencer, he's painting a tapestry, my boy. Do you paint a tapestry or do you weave a tapestry? No, you weave a tapestry. <laughs> You're really weaving a picture there, my buddy. Um, so he leaves the changing room and sort of walks down the corridor and he hears from behind, oh, Spencer, I had one more. Uh, professor, Dr. Horsley, are, what, are you all right? No response from the changing room. Dr. He like peeks around the corner of the changing room. Yeah. It's empty. There's just like a piece of paper flitting back and forth as it slowly <laughs> falls to the ground. Hors- Horsley's beautiful magenta striped uh, necktie is fluttering to the ground. Is it actually? <laughs> sure. <No. laughs> he, he just, he looks around. Maybe there's still a locker open. Horsley's locker is open. He like wanders over to it and there's like his nice shoes in there um, and his towels hung up. His doctor, um, doctor. Uh, and he hears a little bit of a like cluttering and clanging in um, a, a, a room further back, uh, which is like adjacent to the doctor's office where they keep like the balls and the and stuff. And like, it's like one of the little rooms. And then behind that is like equipment stuff. Ah, uh, yes. The ball room. The ball um, room. 
where they keep the balls. So I think he he walks down there with the lead pipe. He he walks down there, sort of prepared <laughs> with a lead pipe. Yeah, I was just sorry. It's bad sure, joke. he breaks a lead pipe off the wall. No, no, I mean that's a no. clue joke. So, all oh, right, yes, the in the ballroom is <laughs> Doctor Horsley in the ballroom with a lead pipe. <laughs> Different ballroom. So he like goes through the room of equipment and balls and ladders and stools and things to jump over and things to do sports with hurdles <laughs> hurdles there you go and um further further deeper deeper into this like uh, uh corridor where they stash all this stuff further further deeper deeper um and finally he sees he's like deep in there and he sees horsley just standing there staring at the wall and he goes uh doctor and horsley turns around and just sort of stares at him with his eyes like drifting upward and slowly rolling back I don't feel so good. And then there's this thunderous sound behind <laughs> behind Spencer of the door closing and it becomes utterly dark and suddenly there's this drumming, drumming, drumming and there's just all the different balls, volleyballs, basketballs, soccer balls are bouncing down this hallway all like up against Spencer and Horley and like smash into them with such force that they fall to the ground and the balls pummel them and pummel them and pummel them. Um, and Spencer like grabs Horley and shakes him and Hor- uh, Horsley and Horsley goes, Oh my goodness. We should. Oh, uh, I can't formulate a sentence. Doctor, do- Dr. Horsley, do- doctor, we-, we have to get, we have to get out of here. And a voice, a voice. It almost feels like a voice playing across the like metal cages that they keep the balls in and stuff. There's like a shaking in them and it feels like something is whispering <laughs> something unintelligible, but it feels like a voice to Spencer and the two of them crawl through the hail of balls and are pummeled into the ground as they just sort of prone their way and it screeches and it goes and it, and it seems to whisper something very loudly sort of shout whispering, you know how Orlando Bloom is always both shouting and whispering? Not like that, but you know what I'm saying. I'm painting a picture. Uh, and they finally make their way out of the ballroom. Uh, they manage to pull open the door and the balls pelt after them. Um, and they're like covered in bruises. It's, it's so hard. Uh, Horsley's nose is bleeding. Um, and uh, it, they got Spencer's knee and he's like limping uh, and he shuts the door and they make their way out of the gym and out onto the campus. And they're just out there panting like crazy. I think like Spencer not no longer having to limp on his knee, just sort of collapses onto the grass next to the sidewalk and just sort of like breathes deep, looking straight up into the air. Yeah. And I think that's where we cut. Uh, I've, I've noted the scene in my notes as Spencer and Horsley get attacked by spectral balls. Um, can we do something real quick that we can use as Foley work later? Yeah, I want you to just say bounce again and again, and I'm going to say bounce <laughs> again and again, and we're going to cut it on top of it, up on top of each other later. That's good. That's great. All right, ready? Bounce, 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 bounce,
can I finish the scene in a way that's not going to change anything, but it's going to make it a sort of cleaner place to cut? Sure. I I, I, I was in my mind, I'll, I'll pr- propose this and you tell me what you think. A Spencer collapses onto the grass, breathing heavy. I think Dr. Horsley is sort of sniffing and like letting some blood drip out and then leaning back to sort of block up the rest of it yeah. um, as they're standing in front of the door. Yeah. And Graham, who's been sort of going to the gym with uh, Spencer, but not working out, he just sort of like sits out in a side and on a bench outside sort of waiting for him, sees them come out and sort of runs up to them. Yeah. Sort of like, you know, he's he's just as sweaty as they are from just having run up the hill because he's not the athletic type. Um, and he's like looking back and forth between them and goes, what the fuck happened? Cut. Yeah. That's perfect. Because that sets up uh, the scene where Graham will start investigating. I think I want to see Harry once more. Mm-hmm. How do we service Harriet? I feel like she's c- coming a little right short now. right now. Yeah, I think right now Harriet's coping with guilt. She's left these two boys to sort of deal with a ghost on their own. And she knows it, right? So we can do the following scene. Harriet is in her room reading Shakespeare, uh, preparing her, her, their next, her next uh, class, sort of answering emails from students and stuff. And as she reads, she's constantly thinking about the ghost because she knows how to deal with this type of thing. Find out what the ghost's motivator is. What is keeping it here? The cleanest way is to solve that problem, help the ghost solve that problem, and it'll depart on its own. There's other methods, banishing, capturing, even destroying the ghost. But the cleanest way is to help the ghost solve its problem. And she keeps coming back to Sonnet 86. I'm thinking it's got to be linked to that somehow. These things don't happen by coincidence. Poet threatened by another poet's presence, maybe. And finally, she just sort of gives up on the whole day, rubs her head, lies down, and calls it a day, even though she hasn't been able to do very much today. And I think that's enough to keep her sort of invested. Yeah. I like it. I think that, like, I like having her introduced early and then later on, like, as the story progresses, there's sort of a lull in her investment where, like, she really said she didn't want to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. And once that wish is granted, she's like, wait a second. I'm not actually happy with that. Yeah. Like, it's the easiest thing, but it's not actually the right thing. Maybe she even like opens her closet and she was, she was lying. She had her equipment or maybe her dad sent her her old equipment. Yeah. And she opens up a box of her old ghost hunting equipment, but it's like kid size. Cause the last time yeah. she did it was, she was like 13. Um, yeah. so what, what is, what kind of ghost hunting equipment are we looking at here? Maybe it's like a bunch of kid size stuff with like her, her dad's old gloves or something. Yeah. Right. He can't wear the gloves anymore because he only has one arm. Right. And it's sort of these sort of like gauntlets that come in a pair. Yeah. Um, they're like ethereal, like ethereal gauntlets. Protection they can gauntlets actually, yeah. yeah that they can, can grab actually onto, touch yeah. grab onto spectral matter. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And they don't work. They only work in pairs. And so he can't actually use it anymore. And there's a little note at the top that says, uh, these are hard to wear on my feet. You know, <laughs> the only two limbs that I can <laughs> use them with anymore. 
Um, and and she, um, she laughs to herself, but is also kind of annoyed that now she actually doesn't have an excuse why she can't yeah, yeah. help. So she and she pulls out the sort of kitty Geiger counter, you know, with the sort of faded pink, yeah. pink uh, paint on it. Um, and uh, like old, infrared, like, infrared detection. goggles, uh, yeah. some sort of like ham radio type thing. All these sort of things that a ghost hunter needs. Maybe even a ghost trap. Possibly. No, I don't think that's, she's the kind of, she's not that type of ghost hunter. They're famously yeah, the type of ghost hunter who, who use that method of understanding the ghost and helping the ghost to solve their problem. Mm-hmm. Which is why they were always seen as like, if they did their job well, nothing went wrong and nothing happened. And so they would, it would just like, it would be like, well, what are you really doing? Um, yeah, they're expensive ghost hunters. They're like elite ghost hunters. They're not the cheap type that just roll up with a fancy vacuum and mm-hmm. suck the ghost up and then... Yeah. You know, disintegrate it. And all it takes is a couple of good jobs with a high paying client and exactly. solving a problem well. Yeah. Cause like, to like if, keep them sustained. If you're like a baron and your grandma, the ex baroness, is still haunting the villa, you know, the villa, uh, you don't want yeah. her banished. You want her to go to heaven or whatever mm-hmm. the afterlife may be. <laughs> um, or hell, you know? You want her to go to Christian heaven, which is actually real and exists. <laughs> In all of our worlds, the Catholics are right. <laughs> yes, people, oh, no. you've been conned into listening to a Christian podcast where nobody gets to curse. I'm pretty sure I've already cursed. Yeah, I think we've cursed plenty. So, um, Graham, Graham rolls up at Dr. Faisal's office and knocks. Uh, yes, come in. <laughs> You're going to have to do Graham, Graham, so I'll do Faisal's voice, but I'll, I'll go off of what you just did. um uh professor uh doctor doctor professor yes that's me doctor professor professor doctor uh just call me dr Faisal. please have a seat how can i help you uh hey dr Faisal. yeah i'm i i heard from some upperclassmen that you're a you're a new um islamic lit uh professor you're you're supposed to be really famous um (laughs) well i don't know about that but yes but I actually wanted to talk to you about uh, your other job. Um, when you were working in in Algeria, um, you you were a, a ghost hunter. And he sort of hesitates for a second and goes, Oh, I, I see. Uh, the rumors precede me. Yes, I, I was involved in some paranormal investigation. Yeah, I spent a lot of time reading through Google Translate, all of the articles. Mm-hmm. Um, I I need to talk to somebody about this because um, I think my brother's in trouble. Um, but I, I don't know anything about a ghost. And so I just wanted to, to like ask you so I, I can figure it. I, I can do most of the work. I just need to know, if, like, where do I start? How do I, mm. how do I catch a ghost? Well, it's not quite that simple. You don't just catch a ghost without any training or equipment. Luckily, I'm here, and I've got some training and equipment. I've already... He, like, stands up and walks through the room. I've already spoken to the dean, Dean Gillespie, and um, I can assure you uh, the school has got their top man on the job, which would be me. So uh, you can just uh, tell me everything you know uh, so far about the ghost, and... uh, I'll see if I can integrate it into my investigation. Oh, okay. Um, awesome. 
I think Graham's already investigated and probably found something. Uh, I have an idea of what he might have found. Okay. Okay. So Graham opens up like his knapsack or whatever. Yeah. And pulls out a bunch of copies of um, like old school documents that he's found. Old school yearbooks and school papers. Yeah, like yearbooks and stuff. So I looked for um, athletes at the school because it's this ghost's presence seems to be focused on the gymnasium. By the way, is the word gymnasium even? Yeah. People use that? Okay. Usually um, gym, but gymnasium's gym. right. The ghost's presence seems to be focused on the gym. So I sort of looked for, I don't know, athletes who might have attended this school and Interesting. Died under mysterious circumstances or disappeared and uh, and might, I don't know, have some sort of vengeful motivation. Um, and I found a few sort of uh, uh, suspicious occurrences, uh, one of which was even mentioned in the in the school paper. But in a version of the school paper that was redacted on the same day, it was really hard to find. I could only find one copy of this. Um, And he holds out a school paper from like uh, seven years ago. Let me see that. And he snaps it out of Graham's hands. Um, Sort of his long fingers just pulls out his hand and he takes a look at it. So it's it's an article about a kid who was introduced into the basketball team 13 years ago. Did I, did I say something like that, right? You said seven. But seven? 13. 13 is more. I like 13 better. Yeah. So 13 years ago, this kid was introduced into the basketball team and then uh, disappeared during like hazing week during the same sort of time period. And um, the, the article said that nobody knew where he went, but Graham found that the redacted article later said that he went back home to his family due to personal reasons. He couldn't continue his studies. And then he tried to find out, find this kid's name and like uh, the yellow pages and stuff, find the family's name and was unable to contact them, but he found like an old Facebook profile or something. Wait, 13 years ago, did Facebook exist? Yeah. Sure. Oh my God, 13 years ago is 2007. (laughs) Wait. Proposition. Yeah. Proposition that may totally twist what you're thinking and may totally twist the plot. The kid's name was Liam Ferris. <gasps> oh, damn. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, no, I'll take that. I'll take that. Yes, and. So, he, he right, so this kid disappeared back then, uh, and Dr. Faisal is like, well, disappearances happen. People go back to their families and... Happened just now to Liam, who was also involved in this thing, yes? Well, that's what's so crazy. This kid's name was Liam Ferris. Ah, the same name. Strange. That that can't be a coincidence. There's no way that's a coincidence. No, yes. Well, when you're dealing with spectral matters, there simply aren't any coincidences. You've done quite a good job investigating this. Uh, I will... uh, follow this rabbit hole further i think is there anything that i should like i'm i'm worried about my brother is there anything that i should do to like or that he should do to make sure that he's safe i mean his name isn't liam ferris but that doesn't mean <laughs> like like jonah got hurt i don't want my brother to end up folded up in a basketball hoop too 
So did something more happen to your brother then? Did, did the ghost seem to have a specific vendetta against him? Um, I, I don't, I mean, there was the ball incident, um, but that was, I mean, Dr. Horsley was there too. The ball incident? Uh, yes, um, Professor Dr. Faisal. Um, Thank you for using the correct double uh, <laughs> title. Uh, go on. So mm-hmm. two days ago, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. my brother was your uh, brother, work, yes, was working out. Was work was working out. Yes, I see. And <laughs> sorry, <laughs> um, he was working out late uh, because he has to because he's on the polo team. Right. And m- my brother said that uh, Doctor Horsley got lost or something in in the mm-hmm. in the ballroom, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, got lost. You say. Yeah, all of a sudden, there were uh, balls flying everywhere, and the room was shaking, and equipment was falling over, and there were uh, hurdles left and right, um, and they got just absolutely pound, absolute pelted, like they got attacked by these balls in the ballroom, and they barely made it out. I mean, my brother's uh, knee is, is still kind of messed up, and and uh, uh, Doctor Hor. Hor- Horsley's nose was uh, wasn't broken, but he he was bleeding pretty bad. I see. So I, I don't know if the vendetta is against my brother or Doctor Horsley or or what. It seems the ghost is not keen on losing any time, and neither should we be. I think I'll take this up right away. And he just sort of gets up and like um, opens up a drawer and like opens up a, a second floor inside that drawer and takes out a key. And then like unlocks another drawer and opens up that drawer and opens up a book. And inside the book is a little thing that he unlocks and there's another key in there. And then he uses that key to like open up a little tiny uh, safe in the in, in the wall behind a, a, a picture. And then inside that safe is a little note that um, has a four digit combination in it. And he just walks up to like... Uh, <laughs> He walks to the side of the room where his bike is leaning against the wall and he like unlocks his bike lock. <laughs> and Graham just sort of looks at him like, seriously? And he's like, what? And he's, I, I, was, I was thinking you were about to like open up your like gun locker where you have all your ghost hunting equipment. And he's like, right, the ghost hunting equipment. And he... <laughs> I think uh, he just he, he he just leans over his desk and grabs a, a Bible and a cross that's just sitting on the desk and puts yeah, it under yeah, his yeah, arm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he like takes the Bible and the cross and he sees Graham like sort of skeptically looking at him. And then he like hesitates and then he like goes over to a dresser, opens a drawer and takes out like a tiny little hand uh, vacuum cleaner. He's like, <laughs> this should do the trick. And he goes out, come along then. And um, Graham actually follows him and uh, they head toward the gym. We cut to the gym. Uh, and the door creaks open. It, the gym is deserted now. Things have people have been talking, and everybody's just sort of nervous about it. Um, Faisal, I keep saying his name wrong. It, it might be Faisal, but we've just been saying I've been saying Faisal. So I'm gonna Google the pronunciation real quick. But now we've already committed. Faisal, Faisal. Um, sorry to any actual Faisals out there if we've mispronounced your name. Sorry. The door creaks open and sunlight floods in. Um, the blinds are down. The gym is dark and silent again, as it was in our very first scene. They step inside and Faisal says, 
Ghosts, show yourself. And Spencer and Graham sort of look at each other. And Graham says, um, aren't they invisible by nature? Like, wouldn't it be able? Faisal goes, shh, shh, shh. I think I feel it. And he holds out his cross and clutches his Bible and starts to walk further inside. Maybe he, he goes, says, young man, plug this in. And he hands him the small vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> well, wouldn't it be? Um, he gives it to Spencer. Yeah. He says, it takes about 10 minutes, 15 minutes to charge. Right. Didn't, <laughs> you didn't charge it beforehand? <laughs> and Faisal's already off. Like, come out then. I'm not here to hurt you. Yet. <laughs> and Graham's like, don't you think the ghost will hear that? <laughs> it's ever present. It's like omnipresent. How is it? <laughs> okay. Um, so he advances into the ballroom where all the balls and equipment are still strewn about. Nobody has had the guts to go in and try to clean up. And like a cold wind like goes through the room and like some of the balls start rolling in like a small tornado pattern, like very you softly. It. You can tell there's something. Yeah. As like you one can of tell the, there's something in here. One of the hurdles sort of teeters. And the two boys um, sort of come up behind Faisal. Um, and he goes, it, it's here. Uh, doctor, if it's here, shouldn't we um, do something? I think we should allow it to act first. I need it to show itself and then something happens. <laughs> um, I think what, what happens is one of the, there's like a big rolled mat in the corner. It's like, uh, it suddenly unrolls. And as it unrolls, it just smacks Dr. Faisal directly in the face and pushes him up against the wall. It just slaps him up into the wall. And he like crumples to the ground. The breath is knocked out of him. The, he, he dropped his cross on the floor and he like scrambles to get it. But then like something picks it up and launches it across the room. Ooh, it just slides right under the bleachers. Right. You Americans have bleachers in your gyms. I think catching his breath, uh, Dr. Faisal sort of runs after the, the cross as it slides across the gym floor away from the ballroom all the way under the bleachers. And when it gets under the bleachers, he looks up at the bleachers and he's kind of scared so he looks quickly down at his bible and he starts flipping through it really really fast trying to find the right section uh and as he does that voices come from the bleachers like the voices of an audience maybe yeah maybe the cheer the cheering of an audience like very faintly at a game and then it and it morphs into whispers of like you'll never be good enough you'll never be good enough yeah that's the thing about athletics you know there's always somebody better and it's like sort of memories of people talking about talking to somebody like do you really want to go you want to put all your energy into this now like and then like a, a dad who's like i mean just remember that when you hit 30 and you don't have a proper education and you put all your energy <laughs> into sports and you know all this pressure you know you can feel it you can feel the emotion most presently of this kid who was here at the school at some point and and felt so pressured to succeed um, and arrived and wanted to be part of a group. And then as that sort of thought coalesces, we again hear this chant of like, drop, draw, drop, draw, drop, draw. And the bleachers start rumbling, shaking. And all these sort of spirit memories and sort of coalesce 
into like one form that almost seems to like take shape in some sort of blue shimmer in the center of the bleachers. And then the noise like stops. Uh, and suddenly there's like this luminescence in the room that wasn't there before. So that it, despite the darkness, we can sort of see this shape. And there's like this silhouette hovering over the bleachers right in front of Faisal of a kid, um, featureless, just a silhouette so far. And Faisal gets up and looks at the ghost as if <laughs> as if he's seen a ghost. <laughs> no, in fact, as if he's never seen a ghost. He's <laughs> shaken and shaking. And he holds up his Bible and looks at the Bible and doesn't know what to say. And Graham goes, come on, banish it or something. And the ghost reaches out an arm and a force and a wave of force throws Faisal to the ground. Uh, the two remaining boys sort of watch kind of in awe as this spectral ghost takes one step towards Faisal before a door across the room slams open. And standing in the doorway is a girl in a in a with sort of this like bizarre backpack on and this set of goggles on her forehead and two gloves way bigger than her hands <laughs> sort of uh, on each on each forearm. Like they go all the way down to her elbow on it almost. Um, and she says, both of you take 10 steps back and get on your knees right now. And they both do. There's no question yeah, about it. I think it. Spencer does it immediately and, and Graham sort of hesitantly does and steps back. And Faisal's still on the ground. The ghost is above him. The ghost is like reaching up. It seems to be swelling with power. It's starting to screech. There's this like deep feeling, telepathic feeling. Yes. That was way more dubstep than I was expecting, but I love it. There's this like telepathic feeling that it's communicating outwards, radiating this thought of just get out. Um, and it starts directing this ag huge aggressive energy towards Faisal who's lying there thinking oh dear oh dear oh dear and um, that's when Harriet starts running toward the ghost and screams something cool uh, she says um, I never wanted to be a ghost hunter and she just like double palms the ghost right in the chest and throws it backwards across the room and she just fucking hadoukens the ghost across the room which slams into the bleachers and the whole bleachers shake almost as if it has physical force. Like almost it has like a physical presence. The contact with the gloves has made the ghost's spectral matter can co coalesce into something somewhat yeah. physical. For just a second. Yes. Um, and the, the ghost sort of like, it, it falls to its knees very quickly. Uh, like uh, it collapses down to the ground and then stands back up. And it, you, it looks like it's looking with these like eyes of hatred at Harriet, who's sort of standing, you know, half over uh, Dr. Faisal, you know, her her arms still out. Yeah. And before she can say anything, the bleachers sort of shudder and shuffle and then start splitting apart. Like there's like a line in the middle of the bleachers and they start splitting apart, almost like a platform nine and three quarters, not platform nine and three quarters. Um, What is that? That wall that splits over. Diagon Alley. Di Diagon Alley. Uh, sort of like splits apart and reveals the sort of opening in the bleachers. And behind the opening is this door. It looks like a really old door. Uh, it doesn't actually look magical. It looks like there's just sort of a forgotten door behind the bleachers yeah. that the bleachers were built over this door. That's great. 
and the spectral the spectral uh kid um takes these sort of like gentle but wary steps backwards backward and reaches for the doorknob but the hand goes right through it and it opens the door but there's no door to open it's just sort of like as if it's opening a door then it steps through that hidden door and before it passes it turns toward our heroes and for a split second its face takes form and we see the face of Liam Ferris and Spencer meets his eye for a second and says Liam and then the door slams and then immediately the bleachers slam back together boom 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 and they're back in their normal like they're still like sort of shaking and rumbling a little bit but they're they slam back into place and that's where episode one ends I just love the word bleacher. Bleacher? I hardly know her. (laughs) If you didn't know what bleachers were, and you heard the word bleacher, you would not think that it's what it is. It's true. You would think it's a person who bleaches. You would think it was like a person who bleaches or like a supervillain's name. The bleacher. Bleacher! I will bleach you, and you, and you. Everyone deserves to have a pretty anus. Okay, well, that's not quite what I was thinking, but I'm I'm into it. Everyone deserves to have blonde hair. Ooh, that's actually kind of weird, Bleacher. That seems kind of (laughs) racist-y, kind of, a little bit. No, it's just my ideal of beauty. Yeah, still, it's just kind of weird that you would... That's exactly why it is racist. (laughs) Um, I just like white things better. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) God.